Welcome to Hometown California, a production of the Rural County Representatives of California, advocating for California's rural counties for nearly 50 years. Hometown California tells the rural story through the eyes of those who live, work, and play in the rural communities of the Golden State. Welcome to Hometown California. I'm your host, Paul Smith. Joining me today is Stacy Corliss, a county supervisor from Mono County and special to RCRC. She is the incoming 2021 chair of the RCRC Board of Directors. So we are very, very pleased to have her in what is the first podcast of 2021, a new year. I think we're all very excited to get beyond 2020 and hope that 2021 offers a lot more promise from the year we have. Stacy is originally from Lancaster, California, in northern Los Angeles County. Not a massive city by any stretch of the imagination, but clearly not a small one either. So it's interesting that you now live in one of the least populated counties, which is, of course, Mono County. First of all, let me welcome you here, Stacy, and maybe ask you, how did you end up in Mono County, of all places, coming from one of the most urban areas in the world? Well, actually, northern L.A. County, the Antelope Valley area, when I was growing up which you might be shocked to learn was a few decades ago. No. Um, it was a pretty small town. I think there were about 20,000 people in Lancaster, 10,000 in Lancaster, 20,000 in Palmdale. So small town. And what drew me to Mono County is what draws most people, and that is skiing at Mammoth Mountain. So as a kid, I think our first ski trip to Mammoth was in 1977, 78, sometime around then. And we went on family ski trips every year. I grew up going to Mammoth, and it was about a four-hour drive, straight up to 14 and 395. And why I've stayed there is a pretty typical ski town story that you are taking a break from something. In my case, it was a PhD at Cal and a PhD program. I'd been in Germany studying and I was just kind of kind of a little lost looking for direction and my advisor suggested I take a break somewhere I love and so I thought well I'll just go to Mammoth for a few months you know rest relax get back into it and yeah that was 22 years ago and no PhD not yet I I keep saying when I retire someday I'm going to finish that PhD just watch yeah So you've already kind of started the process of telling our listeners of how you got to Mono County. And I think it's good fortune that you did. And I'm sure constituents would agree there. But how did you get interested in politics? It sounds like you had some academic work that you were doing and then some pleasure as it relates to ski resorts and whatnot. How did you make that tie into politics? First of all, I was one of those super dorky kids in high school who was in student government. So I I think (laughs) I had, you know, I had a connection from from my education, from my early years. But really what got me into local politics and interested in the Board of Supervisors in Mono County were public lands issues. Now that we do all our meetings on Zoom and every meeting is live streamed and every all this information is available, it's funny to think back. But when I started working on public lands issues back in 2006, 2007, you, know, you had to go to the meetings. And, and in our case, you actually had to drive from Mammoth to the county seat of Bridgeport and attend the meetings in person. So there were public lands issues. We were working on wilderness designations. 
There was an issue with a gold mining proposal near the Bodie State Historic Park. And these were all issues that you know, the Board of Supervisors didn't have direct control over, but had some influence on in terms of passing resolutions of support or not issuing county permits for, for projects and so on and so forth. And so I, I started sitting through some Board of Supervisors meetings and, and thinking, wow, you know, they're, they're, they're really doing a lot of important things that have a lot of influence over our lives and really didn't get a lot of press coverage except for big controversial issues. But for day-to-day life here, the Board of Supervisors are doing really important work. So when uh, my predecessor announced his retirement, I, I started thinking, you know, we should get somebody who really cares to do this. And, you know, why not me? And so I, I got encouragement from my predecessor and went for it. Well, congratulations. And now you are in your middle of your second term? Yes. And you're now rising up the ranks of the RCRC leadership, and I assume rising up the ranks of other things that Mono County is involved in as well. There's a lot of things going on, as uh, most supervisors know. You do more than just show up for meetings on a Tuesday morning. There's a lot going on. So your passion is public lands, public lands issues, and, and obviously things affecting the environment. You've also brought a lot of those issues to RCRC because uh, it is very near and dear to the heart of just about every RCRC supervisor, every rural county supervisor in the state. What is your plan long term on topics such as that? Is there big things going on in Mona or are there big things going on in the eastern Sierras? Or is it kind of something you'd like to see either nationwide, statewide, just culturally how we embrace and use public lands and what we ultimately use them for? For a little background, Mono County is over 90% federal public land, mostly U.S. Forest Service land. So where I live in Mammoth Lakes, we're entirely surrounded by the Inyo National Forest. Millions of acres of, of lands, including the John Muir and Ansel Adams Wilderness areas, really iconic, special places. And I started with a career in working for environmental organizations, doing conservation work, And what I learned then was protect, designate, quote unquote, save, whatever it is that you're (laughs) working on. But then when I started working for a local conservation group, my perspective really changed. And from protection and pure conservation to stewardship. And so that's what I think the future of public lands is and really and my rallying cry is we need to steward these places. Stewardship can mean investment. So for instance, in Mono County, one thing I've worked on my entire time on the board is getting local government to realize that we have a role to play in the stewardship of public lands. It's it's not just us commenting to the Forest Service, for instance, on on their management plan or on designation proposals such as wilderness, it's we need to be an active partner. If we're going to go to this really beleaguered federal agency, chronically underfunded, dealing with horrific catastrophic wildfires, losing budget every single year over year for the last 20 or 30 years, we need to be there ready to help. And so over the years, I would say Mono County is still making a pretty modest investment in federal public lands, but we actually have it in our budget now. Things like opening rest areas and picnic grounds in the spring when the fishing season opens at the end of every April. 
which of course that's a controlled thing, you know, the fishing season, California Department of Fish and Wildlife, but it takes place on federal lands and just the coordination between the two agencies and just little things like, okay, well, the Forest Service doesn't have the budget or the staff in April to get the picnic area and the bathrooms open in time for fishing season, but our guests are coming up anyway. Okay, what can we do? We can hire someone to go open the restroom, clean the restroom, get the picnic area open. So people who are visiting Mono County coming up to fish have places to go. So it sounds like this is working in Mono County? It's working. It's, you know, it's a real struggle, though. This isn't the status quo. Usually each agency staying in its own lane and minding its own business, or in some cases, in some counties, even here in California, having a a pretty hostile relationship that there isn't partnership between federal agency and local government. There's a lot of fist shaking and, you know, strongly worded letters and that sort of thing. And we, we simply don't have time for that anymore, whether it's issues of recreation, which is really for Mono County, the number one priority. We're a recreation and tourism based economy, and that depends entirely on the condition of and access to federal public land. People aren't coming to Mammoth to see the grocery store parking lot. They're, they're coming to either ski on Mammoth Mountain, which is on the Forest Service. They're visiting sites like Devil's Postpile National Monument or Mono Lake. These are all federal public lands and to a certain degree state, but mostly federal public lands. So would you say that Mono is probably at the head of the trend in the relationship the county slash its board of supervisors has with the Forest Service or the Bureau of Land Management or those federal agencies you've talked about? Yes, I think so. Because we've gone so far working not only with our county and the U.S. Forest Service, also with uh, the town of Mammoth Lakes, neighboring Inyo County, Alpine County, and the city of Bishop to our south to form a partnership that's actually memorialized in a federal agreement called a a challenge cost share agreement. So we've all signed on to this thing saying that we are going to work on recreation issues together. There's no monetary financial commitment in the document, but it's we've all signed it saying we're going to work together on sustainable recreation. What would you say has been the most difficult aspect of implementing that from a Mono County perspective? And what advice would you give for those that are undertaking such an activity? I think a big challenge is to set reasonable expectations for everyone. You know, a lot of people are like, great, that means we're going to get new trails built right away. I mean, we're not undoing things like the National Environmental Policy Act. It doesn't mean that we don't still have to go through the processes But it does mean that we're agreeing to make plans and work on bringing these things to fruition. So I think setting expectations and really just changing culture can be tough, both within the Forest Service and within the county. There are still people who don't think their local tax dollars should be going to help these federal agencies. But what I've learned working on these issues for the last 15 or so years is we do need to do that. There simply isn't any other choice. And again, it comes back to this idea of stewardship. The lands in my backyard and and literally my backyard, you know, a half a mile away is the Inyo National Forest. They don't belong to me exclusively. I really shouldn't have any more say over what happens on them than any other American. But I'm there. I 
really feel this sense of connection to and need to take care of these wonderful places. So if not us, who? And certainly we can't expect that somehow magically we're going to reverse a trend in the federal budget process and see the kinds of spending and dollars go back into an agency like the U.S. Forest Service after 40 years of that not happening. And then adding on to that, of course, wildfire and the tremendous cost that fighting fires has. You mentioned that there is some level of financial commitment that Mono County has to make. How is that going? Are you using tourist-oriented taxes or bedroom, hotel taxes, et cetera, to help feed that as a good revolving way to promote Mono County and its federal lands? What type of commitment, again, financially should other counties consider if they want to go down this route? Well, I think looking at a at local tax revenue is a great way to go. That isn't something we have in place right now in Mono County. Obviously, we do have a transient occupancy tax, but that goes to fund our tourism department, really marketing and advertising, and also more and more education for visitors to our public lands. We are using a geothermal royalty that we get from a geothermal plant in Mono County to fund our public lands work. And we actually have an employee of a recreation coordinator who we share with the town of Mammoth Lakes. The town of Mammoth Lakes did successfully pass a sales tax increase to fund recreation. And a lot of funding does go to improving trails and other recreational facilities on public lands around Mammoth. And that was a a pretty monumental effort that took about a decade to get in place. So it's one thing to, to pass the tax measure and convince voters that this is something they need to help pay for. It's another to actually, again, set up the mechanism with the agency through which the funds can be used on federal lands. And a colleague of mine who's on the Mammoth Lakes Town Council, John Wentworth, he himself really invested a lot in that effort and and his investment has paid off. So it sounds like what we say all the time at RCRC, everybody does it a little differently. It sounds like that Mono had some interesting challenges and interesting opportunities, interesting funding streams, and it's made the most by taking on this role, being very progressive as it approaches its federal lands and having a whole bunch of dividends pay off, whether it's increased tourism or it's best stewardship of those lands themselves. It sounds like a win-win altogether. Many counties, probably not all, can at least look at, if not duplicate and replicate in some form or fashion. What I hope our example can do is just encourage this type of investment, not only at a local level, but at the state level. California's mountains and forests, headwaters areas are on federal public lands. And the state has really stepped up over the years to make those investments or to at least allow state funds for things like forest health and watershed protection to be used on federal public lands. But we need even more of that. I mean, to looking at the state's very ambitious and necessary climate goals for things like carbon sequestration, we need our headwaters areas to be healthy. That's where that investment has to happen. So all of these things together, recreation, we've seen this during COVID, Californians love their landscapes. They need places to go, to heal, to connect with nature. And the forests are where that's happening. 
our mountain areas are where that's happening. Our rural counties are where that's happening. So we mentioned that you are going to be the 2021 chair of RCRC. You've been on the board of RCRC now in some form or fashion since 2016. You officially become the chair on January 13th, 2021, when you get sworn in. What are your goals for the year and what are your thoughts as you assume that leadership position? Well, I think on a kind of 30,000 foot level, I want to do what RCRC has been doing successfully for so many years, really advocating for California's rural counties, telling the story of California's rural counties, and trying to strengthen the connection between rural and urban and suburban California. You know, using the water example, it's <laughs> our rural counties are where the water comes from. We we can't forget about the places that are upstream. And so telling the stories, really trying to deepen the connections, that's something I want to do. Communications is a big passion of mine, but background as a writer. And I hope through my role as chair that I can help tell that story and maybe even write the next chapter of it. Specifically, in terms of policy, one thing I want to help promote in 2021 is RCRC's comprehensive fire prevention and response package that you and your amazing colleagues have put together. This isn't just a rural problem. All of California has been impacted by devastating wildfires. And it's it's a tough nut to crack. There isn't just one thing to do. There's a, there's a slew of potential solutions out there. And you've put together this proposal to make something happen in the 2021 legislative session. So to me, in terms of policy, that's the number one priority. Yeah, just uh, for our listeners who may not be aware, the RCRC Board of Directors a number of weeks ago voted to approve sponsoring and promoting and getting introduced segments of legislation in the California legislature to address the wildfire issues, whether it's uh, prevention, it's response, it's mitigation, all of those things. There's obviously can't do that without money. So there are funding proposals within the package. It's a very comprehensive approach. It's one of those packages where there's a little bit of uncomfortableness regarding uh, the constituency you belong to. But when you take it in total, it offers what we believe is a roadmap to protecting California, not just rural California, from devastating effects of wildfire. You had a very unfortunate fire just a number of weeks ago in Mono County. Maybe share with the listeners kind of what happened there. I believe it was a fire that occurred right after Thanksgiving, if I remember correctly. Just before Thanksgiving. It was on uh, November 17th the Mountain View fire. And it was during one of the extreme wind events that we experience. And within a couple of hours, the fire started. The official cause hasn't been determined, but likely was caused by power lines or power infrastructure and vegetation, which is a story we've heard before. And within a couple of hours, it ripped through the community of Walker, killing a resident and destroying nearly 100 homes. And it then continued to head east up into Bureau of Land Management territory. And eventually, I think the final acreage was something like 20,000 acres. But it was really the initial start of the fire, just the intensity, the speed destroying homes. We're fortunate that more lives weren't lost, but it's a tragedy. It's certainly the biggest, most devastating fire that Mono County has ever seen. 
Yeah, it's very sad. And this is occurring in November, late November. November, yeah. Yeah, so we definitely are dealing with a year-round challenge, something that we recognize, particularly under your leadership and the current leadership of the board, that this has got to be a, a priority that must be addressed sooner rather than later. Any other thoughts about coming into the chair? I mean, the obvious is your politics probably leaning a little left in an organization that probably leans a little right. There's not a lot of women on the board. There are some, but clearly a male-dominated board, you know, rural California elected officials, whether you like it or not, leans white in this state, and it leans male, and it leans older. What are your thoughts of perhaps shaking it up a bit? What I'm looking forward to in 2021, as we all are, is having some light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to COVID. <laughs> that, my gosh, we might get back to meeting in person. We might get to have a conference. We might get to have the really fun RCRC tradition is the annual meeting in the county of the chair. And we didn't get to have that last year. My friend and colleague, Darren McDaniel in Merced County, didn't get to have his home meeting in Merced. So I hope that's something we're going to accomplish in 2021. And of course, I really am looking forward to welcoming my fellow board members and RCRC staff to Mammoth Lakes in June. So I hope that can happen. But I do think we all need something good and bright and promising in 2021. So I hope I can find ways, and I'm already thinking of them, to just infuse that even into even as we start the year on Zoom and not in person, just things we can do to try to remind us how much we have in common and all the things that we do share. Because as you said, I might have a different perspective than many of my colleagues on the board, but we have so much more in common than one might think by looking across the boardroom table at each other and continuing to tease out those connections, the fondness we all have for each other and the passion we have for the places we represent and for rural California in general. Yeah. So you've kind of talked a little bit about the pandemic. Maybe we should spend a little moment on that. It's kind of hard not to in these times. How is Mono County faring in the pandemic and just in the, the body politic of the state? How do you see it from your perspective? You obviously have a very unique situation because of where you're located physically in the state, as well as what your economy is based on and, and the size of your county. How's it going in Mono County? You know, it's, it's going all right. Again, you look at these things in perspective. So we had the most devastating, destructive, deadly fire we've ever had. Well, you compare it to the campfire, and it doesn't look that bad. But um, COVID's the same. Um, we've had four deaths. We've lost four members of our community to COVID. If you do the per capita breakdown, we only have about 14,000 residents in Mono County. And we're up near about 600 total cases. So... A little on the high side, I think initially Mono County, just like other tourism destinations, particularly ski resorts, had an initial higher outbreak. But we, we had more visitation, but we quickly got that under control. We've been able to preserve hospital capacity. Kind of interesting, we're, we're on the Nevada border, so we don't send our patients for, for anything, for any, for any critical care South, we send them north to Reno, Nevada. So we've been able to preserve the ability to do that. Even now, as everyone knows, as ICU capacity in California is diminished. But it's, it's really been devastating for our economy. And in terms of economic recovery for a ski area, for, for ski towns like Mammoth Lakes and June Lake, to lose 
the Christmas New Year's holiday season is it's just a deadly blow. I I don't I don't know how to communicate that to anyone. It, it's it's the despair in people's voices to everything that they have worked for their whole lives gone. It's 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 been very very devastating. Wherever you are in this process, whether you're, it's a loved one or it's a family business or it's just cherishing memories that you have because these are special places and special times. Yeah, but I will say, and I, you know, Monroe County is a place that has recognized the seriousness of this pandemic. We haven't had a lot of resistance to the state guidelines and restrictions, but people get it. They're holding on as best they can, but. I will say the morale at this point is pretty low. You know, we do appreciate California Department of Public Health listening to rural counties and making exceptions and considering our unique situation. And I I certainly hope as we move into winter and keep progressing through that tunnel toward the light that the state will continue to understand our situation and work with us. So are you doing vaccinations in Mono? Have you gotten your supply? Yes. Yes. So we've got so we've got a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel there in terms of the vaccines are reaching even those remote rural areas of California. Yes. Yeah. We just like everyone else received our first shipment of vaccines uh though I think sometime around December eighteenth and our uh, we we shared the the first shipment with neighboring Inyo County and uh happy to see our Healthcare workers get vaccinated. Maybe a, that glimmer down the road is that light at the end of the tunnel. Stacy, of course, it's been a joy for you to come on by and share with us your thoughts about what's going on in Mono and coming in as the chair in 2021. Any closing thoughts that you have that maybe our listeners would want to know about Mono, or maybe a plug to get up there and ski, or at least make it up <laughs> in the summer and do some beautiful hiking and fishing and whatnot? You know, a plug for Mono County and a, just a plug for rural California in general. I mean, we're we're the again we're the place where the water comes from, where the food comes from. I think we're we're special places in the hearts of so many Californians. And let's just keep in mind we are all in this together, and each one of our rural counties is part of what makes California so special and still and keeps that dream alive even in these really really hard times. Yeah, well said. Thank you again. Thank you again for the work that you do on behalf of RCRC. Your constituents obviously must know you're working hard for them and all uh, all areas of the state where you can make that difference. And so good luck in the 2021 year, both here at RCRC and at home. Thank you. You've been listening to Hometown California, a production of the Rural County Representatives of California. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode and be sure to rate and review this podcast. I'm your host, Paul Smith, and thanks for listening.